<clears throat> Excuse me. That was probably really loud in your ears. I'm sorry. I got a little frog in my throat just as I said hello there. But welcome to another episode of No Bullshit Fitness. Um, what I wanted to talk about today was imperfect action. And this is maybe a phrase you've heard before, um, or maybe something you're like, hmm, what does Sarah mean? Um, but imperfect action is basically about knowing that you're not going to be perfect all of the time, but you are still carrying out um, tasks or fulfilling habits that are going to allow you to progress towards your goal, whatever that goal might be. Um, This podcast is probably going to be very example-based rather than, you know, giving, yeah, Uh, It's just going to be example-based, basically. So, yeah, buckle in. Um, I'm going to give you a couple of examples of ways in which you can carry out imperfect action. And it's maybe things that you're kind of going through at the minute as well. So this might be your kind of kick-up-the-butt, wake-up call that you need. Um, Typically, when people are demotivated or they're going through a little bit of a lull with their training or their nutrition, um, we tend to adapt or take on a bit of a an all or nothing approach in that we assume that because we cannot do everything perfectly that we're not going to be able to get to where we want to be and that's in the same way that you know if you got a puncture in one tire I think I've used this analogy before but I actually can't think of any other ones if you got a puncture in one tire you wouldn't then go and like slit the other three um it just doesn't make any sense so you know Apply that same kind of thought process to your training and nutrition. Just because you've got a busy week coming up with work and you know you're not going to be able to do every single training session doesn't mean that you do none of them. You do what you can and you still get the benefits of those sessions. And then next week when things are a little bit quieter, hopefully you'll be able to manage all of your sessions again. Um... So yeah, so let's stick with the theme of training um, and some of the maybe common issues or barriers that you might face. Um, So you go in and the gym is really busy and, you know, you've got an exercise that requires you to be on the cable machine, um, but someone's using it and they're taking their sweet ass time. And in their rest periods, they're talking to their friend and you're thinking, mate, get the fuck off, get your sets done so I can get on and do my training. Um, (laughs) That's the vibes I would be giving them anyway. And if you've ever been in the gym with me, you'll have seen what my gym training face is like. And it's it's not great. It's pretty sassy, Um, which sometimes, I don't know, works in my favour, I guess, because people don't tend to want to speak to me. Um, But, you know, you've got a couple of options. You can, in this instance, go up to the person and say, hey, do you mind if we work around each other? So this is a kind of common, um, I don't know, work around that people have in the gym sometimes. So if they're doing lat pulldowns and you also have lat pulldowns or a very similar exercise, then you know what you can do is they would do their working set and in their rest period, you would jump on and do your working set and you almost do like a you go, I go. It's beneficial for them because they still get to fanny about and speak to their friend, but you can get in and do your sets and not waste 30 minutes waiting for the one cable machine that potentially is in the gym. 
The only times this wouldn't maybe be appropriate was if they were doing lap pull downs and you wanted to do like cable kickbacks, something that's going to take a little bit longer to set up potentially. But I mean, that is an option. Another option you have is doing a similar exercise that's going to work similar muscle groups that doesn't involve using the cable machine. So if it was lap pull downs, for example, instead what you could do is you could take a band and wrap it around the rig and do some pull downs on the rig with the band. You're still going to be activating the lats. It's not going to be exactly the same as using a cable machine, but you're still going to get that similar kind of physiological response from the body. Um, The more you train in the gym and the more you get used to different exercises, the more you'll be able to like on the spot come up with things. In the same way that if there are no racks for you in the gym and you have got to do back squats, then what you're going to do is you're going to think, right, okay, back squats, predominantly a lower body exercise. I'm going to be working my quads, my hamstrings, my glutes. What can I do that's a similar movement pattern? I could pick up a kettlebell or a dumbbell and do some goblet squats instead. Or I could do some box squats or, you know, like I could do some lunges. Anything like that is better than just being like, oh, well, I can't do my back squats. I'm just going to sack them off completely. Do something instead that is going to still enable you to get that training adaptation that you would if you were able to do the original exercise. Another thing that is training related um, is, you know, if you're short on time. So you go into the gym and, or maybe you're still sitting at home actually, let's let's rewind a little bit. Um, and you're like, right, I've got a super busy day today. I'm only going to be able to train in my lunch hour. So that realistically gives me 45 minutes to train. Typically my sessions take me an hour. Ugh, I'll just not bother. I'll just sit on the sofa instead and watch the new series of Selling Sunset. I see you all because I am planning doing that tonight. Um, but... Do you not, like, (laughs) this is the coach in me now saying, do you not think you'd feel better if you just went up to the gym and did some of your training session? I'm hoping you can understand that too. Um, But genuinely, like, if you've got, you know you've got 45 minutes, go up and do what you can in that time. And the rest you can just leave. If you can get your big compound lifts in at the start and then maybe one or two of your accessory movements, you can be super efficient in 45 minutes and get quite a lot done. So, you know, excuse me again, keep that in mind. And while we're on the topic of, you know, maybe you have a busy day and you're like, oh, I can only train at lunchtime. Have a hard look at yourself. Could you train at another point in the day and then you're maybe just being lazy? So like me, for example, I could quite easily get up at ridiculous o'clock in the morning and go to train. But no, I don't want to do that. I would rather stay in my bed a little bit longer. That is a choice that I am making. I am actively choosing to stay in my bed rather than going to train. And that's my choice. However... If push came to shove and that was the only time I could train that day, then yeah, I would get myself out of bed and I would get on with my session. I probably wouldn't feel as good as I do when I train later on in the day. But you know what? I understand that I'm going to feel better and it's going to help me progress. So therefore, I'm going to get my ass out of bed and go and train. So that's another thing. 
And then one more thing to do with training, um, what I was saying kind of earlier on, is say you've got four training sessions that you usually do in a week, but you know that you've got stuff coming up this week and you're maybe not going to manage all of them. Do not just let yourself sack off every single session. Get the sessions in that you can. Now, you might want to pick the sessions that you enjoy the most or you feel like you're going to get the most out of. If you're currently working towards a specific goal, for example, um, building muscle, then you're going to make sure that you do the sessions that are going to allow you to get closer to that goal. You're not going to pick your sweaty cardio-based session. You're going to pick the sessions that have you lifting weights at high intensity. Um, So just kind of bear that in mind. Now we'll move on to food and a couple of examples to do with food. Um, When it comes to this time of year especially, it's very easy to adopt an all or nothing mindset. Um, So, you know, imperfect action is realising that you're going out for, I don't know, a meal at the weekend with your family. Um, Instead of having that meal and then the rest of the weekend being like, oh, well, you know, I fucked up my diet for the week, so I'm just going to continue on. No, get back on track because if you do adopt that kind of fuck it mentality for the Sunday, when you would typically be eating 2,000 calories, you might end up eating 3,500 calories. That's an extra 1,500 calories. I know you can all do the math, but I just feel like it's really important to point these things out. That 1,500 calories that you have overeaten on Sunday because you just decided to fuck it, it's Sunday that is potentially the deficit that you've managed to create throughout the whole week due to nutritional deficit as well as physical activity deficits. You've now just blown that out of the water because you had a weak moment and decided you couldn't be arsed to stick to your calories for the day. You see where I'm getting? So you get through the week, you're working really hard. You get to the weekend and you have a Sorry, I'm saying loads of the F word right now. Um, you have an F it moment um, and you can... I'm right. I almost said you completely undo all your good work. You don't, but you kind of do. You see where I'm getting? Like, it's not that all those training sessions are just kind of like negated now, but any calorie deficit you've created, um, the way that you are setting your body up for fat loss, you are essentially bringing it back to a place where the calories in your body are now higher. And your ability to lose fat is going to be stalled ever so slightly because of that. So just keep these things in mind. Another really cool example. It's not cool. (laughs) What a loser I am. Another um, relatable example of imperfect action. um, Again, in social situations is if you're going out for a meal or you're meeting up socially with people and there's going to be different foods that you typically wouldn't eat Um, throughout the week so let's say there's going to be cakes and there's going to be like party foods and stuff like that imperfect action would be realizing that I'm going to this scenario so what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure that I eat my usual throughout the day up until the point that I go to that social occasion so that I am not totally ravenous and just inhale everything that's a really important point a lot of people you know you hear over the years that oh I'm going out for dinner tonight so I've just not eaten today bad, bad idea. I don't know if you've ever done this personally. 
you probably have, and you probably found that one, you weren't able to enjoy your meal because you got full so quickly, or two, you were so hungry that you just like woof inhaled it all. Um, both of those outcomes are not ideal if you had just like throughout the day just like eating your normal stuff and then you could have enjoyed the meal for what it was, not feel like you pushed yourself to the absolute like 10 out of 10 fullness where you're like, please don't touch me, I might spew. Um, <laughs> being there a few times myself. Um, yeah, and it just makes the, the social occasion far more enjoyable. But to bring it back to the party food and the cake, you eat your normal throughout the day and then when you go there, imperfect action is knowing that I'm going to enjoy some of these foods, but I'm also going to be present in the moment, which sounds airy-fairy. When I say these things out loud, I kind of like get the inner ick. I'm like, oh, Sarah, like, why are you resorting to talking like this? This is not you. But it's so true. Like, if you can be present in the moment and actually just like take a second, like, how do I feel right now? Am I still physically feeling hungry? Or can I just pay attention to my hunger levels for a minute or so and recognize that, do you know what, like I enjoyed that food because it's on my taste buds, I probably want more. But my stomach is telling me, yeah, like I'm satiated. I feel good with what I've eaten so far and I don't need any more. That's kind of a breakthrough moment for a lot of people when they're able to just pause and reflect and see where they are. So, you know, this is a great time of year to try that out. We are going to be going to lots of people's houses. Hallelujah. Because last year we didn't get to. We had to sit and look at the same person for the entire Christmas period. So yeah, I'm looking forward to lots of food, lots of socialising. Maybe not too much socialising. If you know me, I have a cap on how much socialising I can do. Um, But yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that and also just to test my ability on recognising when I've had enough. Obviously, this is not going to apply to alcohol because Sarah has no chill because she never goes out enough. So when she does, she's like a small child and she thinks shots are a great idea, which you'll know is never a good idea, especially the next morning. Anyway, I digress. I'm going to come up with um, one more example for you because I think that's enough. And then what you can do is you can either apply these specifically to you or if there are other things that you've been doing that you've been giving it kind of fuckets to, then you can kind of try and think of imperfect action that you could apply to it. So the last one is to do with your step count. Um, So there's obviously lots of factors that can inhibit or create barriers to being able to carry out steps. If you have a job where you are very sedentary, i.e. you're not moving around a lot. Um, So like post people, is that what they're called nowadays? I don't really know what the PC term is. Um, The people that deliver your mail. They're constantly on the go. Like, they're walking everywhere. I, I don't even know how many steps they would, like, accumulate throughout the day. But if you're desk-based, even, like, a teacher, you're walking around the classroom and stuff and maybe going um, between different rooms in the building, but generally you're not going out big, massive walks, so your step count is maybe not going to be that big. Recognising that you maybe have a more sedentary job and therefore you're not able to accumulate steps throughout the day when you're at work does not then mean that you just get to do nothing when you go home. If you look at your watch or your phone, whatever you kind of track your steps on and you recognise I've only done 2,000 steps today, 
get your butt out for a walk. 20 minutes and you'll be amazed at how many steps you will add to your step count in that 20 minutes. And I know the weather might be shit or you just can't be bothered and you're tired, but I promise, like, think of it as... um, one one thing I do now to encourage myself to go out walking when the weather's not great, if it's raining, is I think this is great because I am now at the age where my skin needs as much moisture as it can get. So if I'm going walking in the rain, my skin is going to get drenched and then I'm going to slap on some serum and some moisturiser and my skin's going to thank me for it tomorrow. So just think of it as like, this is my little like Carlin, is it Hyron? Hyron? I don't know how you say her name. The, the skincare goddess. Like, Think of her and what she would say to you when it's pouring down with rain. She'd be like, you get your butt out that door and you get some water on your face and then you come back and moisturise and your skin is going to be looking lush the next day. Um, You know, you can be doing that. I don't really know. I've kind of got excited thinking about skincare because I fucking love skincare at the minute. I'm obsessed. Um, But imperfect action with your steps is recognizing that yeah maybe you're not going to hit your step target that day so your 10,000 steps or whatever it is that you're aiming for but you can still get to a reasonable amount of steps if you want to don't just sack it off and be like ah well I've not walked today so I'll just discount it if you do that five days of the week seven days of the week you're potentially losing out on 30, 40,000 steps in that week that you could be accumulating just by going out for little 20 minute stints. All right, so give yourself the opportunity to still accumulate steps. It doesn't have to be that you get to 10,000 every single day or whatever your step count kind of goal is, but don't completely write off getting your steps in just because you don't think you're going to manage it because you're way, way down on your step count at the end of the day. All right, I hope this has been useful, guys. Um, Again, I got myself a little bit excited with certain points in that, but if there was anything particularly useful, please let me know. Um, These topics, I am literally just plucking them with things that I think will be useful, but please, you know, if there's anything particular you want me to speak about, um, just give me a shout, and I hope you have a great day.